0: Hey, y'all welcome back to the confessions of a crappy christian podcast a place where you and all of your crap are not just welcome you're wanted i'm your host blake guichet and every week i'm showing up with a new friend to talk about the things we're really great at the ways christ fills in the gaps on the things that we're not and how he has been faithful to make his power perfect in our weaknesses. My hope is that you walk away feeling empowered and not alone in your struggles, and that people sharing their stories pushes you to share yours. All right, let's do this. All right, y'all, today's interview is with Rebecca Hastings. Rebecca is a writer and speaker encouraging women to find real faith for real life. Today, we're talking about two of my personal favorite topics, hustle culture, and who God says we are, and more specifically, how those two things together should push us to truth. Rebecca, hey, thank you so much for coming on the show today.
1: Hey, I'm so happy to be here with you and your listeners.
0: Yes. Okay, so here's the deal. I am so hyped <laughs> to dive in on our conversation today. Uh we literally started talking and I was like, wait, 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 stop. Let's start recording because we're going to start like (laughs) actually having this conversation, but I need to follow protocol and let you introduce yourself first. So hello, Rebecca, tell us about yourself and you wrote a book. Tell us about that and just how you're using your platform to remind women who God says they are.
1: Absolutely. Well, first of all, I'm a wife and mom and I'm living still in my hometown in Connecticut. Um, I have three kids. They're all in that tween and teen stage, which I call the waiting up years. All of a sudden, it was 11 o'clock the other night, and my teen wasn't home yet, and I had to wait up for her, and it was very strange. But professionally, I'm a writer, speaker, and friend, and I am I work to encourage people to embrace their faith beyond Sunday morning. So to do that, I wrote a book, and it's called Where Believe Who God Says You Are, what God says about us, instead of all the things that society tells us or that we believe from our past that's me in a little bit but actually one more thing I'm really bottom line here I'm just a girl trying to figure out what it looks like to love Jesus in real life yeah that's really what it is ditto
0: (laughs) are we all I mean if you boil it all down it can be like these are all of the things that I'm doing but who am I actually like I'm just somebody trying to love Jesus well (laughs) at the end of the day So, we originally connected on Instagram, as always, when I unknowingly shared an article you had written that exposed some of the more problematic messages of a prominent public speaker. And so, I shared it and... A few people connected us and were like, oh, hey, this is who wrote that. You would love her. And they were right. And we ended up connecting and just having a ton to talk about in reference to hustle culture, which if people listen here but don't follow on Instagram necessarily, that's really more, it's it's a conversation that's starting to bleed into the show, but is very prominent over on, on the Instagram, um, because I'm super passionate about it, because I've lived it and learned the hard way, but I'm really excited about our conversation, because today we're going to talk about hustling, but like from a different angle than a lot of the conversations are, and that is how what God says about us and what we're worth really should kind of make it easy to not get swept up in what the hustle is selling.
1: Yeah, absolutely. One thing I have to say about this whole hustle culture, I'm so grateful for it, if only that it connected you and I, because it's a great conversation to be having, and it's really important, and I'm glad that we can be doing this today.
0: I know, me too and it's perfect cuz when we connected and i realized you had written your book which is worthy believe who god says you are and then also are passionate about you know kind of undoing hustle culture it just kind of immediately magnetized to one another for mm-hmm. me that those two conversations go they go hand in hand but they don't seem to be being had together right yes, absolutely so and that's the piece that's
1: missing right? That's what's missing is that
0: 100%
1: we're either on one side or the other, but we're not like having both conversations in the same space. And so doing this is awesome.
0: And if you have conversations with women who are in or have been in the hustle movement, that mindset that what you achieve and what you succeed at defines you. Have you ever talked to one of them that's still in it and the idea of taking that from them, you can see just terror.
1: Oh, yes. Absolutely. Across their face.
0: And those are the women that I literally want to physically hug and be like, let me. It's so its so Sunday school and I don't even care. Be like, let me tell you about my Jesus.
1: Mm-hmm, absolutely. Because absolutely.
0: this whatever it is that you're wrapped up in. Isn't gonna last.
1: No, it's not, and we keep thinking it's part of who we are, and that that's how we get our worth, and that's how God defines us. Even because somehow in Christian society, it's become you know good to talk about. Well, you have to work hard, and you have to do things for God, and yes, we do, but that's not how God defines us ever, ever.
0: And it's not what He says about us. And I and I've been finding myself noting this a lot i have this conversation so often with mothers who the idea of their identity not being mother of fill in the blank it shatters everything so i think that like women who are mothers feel exempt from this conversation and they're not because at the end of the day hustling means finding your identity and. Anything but Jesus. So you can be a hustle mom.
1: Yeah. And (laughs) you can totally make your family an idol. And we can take really great things and not do God's best with them. And that's what a lot of us are doing as moms. And even in other things in our life, but like you're saying with moms specifically, we're making that all about who we are and we're making that define us. We're taking that good thing. And we're turning it into something that God never meant for it to be. Exactly. And he has something so much better. So much better. Being identified as
0: just his is a hundred times better than anything you could add to it.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. So
0: I think that the the beginning, like the starting point of that conversation is what God what does God say about us? Right? So be even being someone who's been a devoted believer for over 10 years, and on top of that, grew up in the church, I it, it's like I know what God says about me and who he says I am as, like, a feeling, right? Right. But can I put it into words? Like, I, uh, I don't know. <laughs> 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 and so I know that's a huge question, but I feel like at this point you're probably pretty great at giving a summation of what what does God say about us?
1: So I asked myself that question for a long time because I couldn't figure out who I was. I couldn't figure out, I had that same idea like that I understood what Sunday school taught me about who I was because that's what everyone learned when I was growing up, but I never really let it um, fully become me. I never fully ingested it and took it on as who I am. And the thing that I'm learning is that in order to understand who I am, I first have to understand who God is. And that was a hard thing because I'm like, no, but it's about me, but it's about me. (laughs) And God is showing me that I'm never going to believe anything He says if I don't know Him. So then I have to learn that He is trustworthy, that He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And when I can finally understand those things about who He is, when we know and we believe that we're free. Then we're free to believe that we're loved and that we're worthy, that we're conquerors, that we're gifted, that we're known, all those great things. But we have to start with knowing who he is. We have to know God to truly know ourselves.
0: Yes. Gosh, that's so good. And and I feel like there are probably people who hear that and feel like it's not an answer to the question, <laughs> right? But here's the thing. Scripture. And the Word is so unbelievably chock-full, overflowing with who God is. Yeah. Over and over and over. And the coolest part is, He's the same. He never changes. Over thousands of years of Scripture... From Genesis to Revelation, he never changes. Exactly.
1: Yes, And it can feel hard (laughs) to hear that. Like, it can feel hard to be like, oh, well, the Bible's my answer here, or knowing who God is. This is supposed to be about me. Believe me, I get it. This is not easy. I've never been a Bible girl. Like, I was the girl that read the verse I was supposed to for the week or did the devotion that I was supposed to. But I've never been the one who's like, please, let me read more scripture, and that I was hungering for it. That's not who I've ever been. But the more that I'm stepping out in faith to seek him out in the scripture, I'm really learning that it's the key to knowing who I am, too.
0: Absolutely. Have you read Jen Wilkins' book In His Image?
1: I have not read her book. I heard her speak once about about Genesis and creation, and it was probably the most impactful speaker that I've ever heard. It was She's amazing.
0: incredible. She is a force. And she has a book. I just had to look it up because I couldn't remember the name of it. But she has a book in his image, 10 Ways God Calls Us to Reflect His Character. Mm-hmm. Right? So I think we're all cult trying to cultivate what we would consider good character. And I'm saying this to myself. You have a roadmap, (laughs) right? You have a roadmap, and and it can be overwhelming. I am the first person to admit that I am still learning how to just dive in on Scripture with no training wheels or floaties or whatever (laughs) uh, like funny analogy you want to use. And that was that Jen Wilkins book in his image was the first time. It felt like someone broke down the character of God in a way that wasn't God in the clouds, Moses on the mountain with the stone and he's lightning and he, which he is, he is all of those things. But how like, how do I reflect that? I don't know how to be that God because I'm not supposed <laughs> to be, right? Exactly. But there are all of these very tangible, real life characteristics of God that I feel like I said this wrong aren't what I'm supposed to be. They're what I am. They're what he's given me. They're what Christ's death on the cross gave me everything I need to function out of. Yes. But you gotta know what they are. (laughs) You gotta know. You do. So learning about the character of God is it's exactly what you said. In order to understand who I am, I have to understand who God is.
1: Absolutely. And even if you just say, I can't approach that, I don't understand how to do that. You can go to God's word and start looking for who he says you are. Start there. If you have no um, capacity to really wrap your head fully around this idea of, well, God's too big and I can't be that. Start by looking at what he does say about you. You know, in my book, I go through 20 scriptures that are foundational for understanding ourselves. And there are things that God says about us, like I mentioned before, the things about being worthy and loved and that we're never alone and we're gifted and that we're known all of these things he does tell us. And so if you start there with those things, you know, these are the baby steps. This is like our um, toddler years in our faith, right? And if you start in that place, as long as your heart is willing to see who he is, he'll show you. exactly. And then you start. Oh, well, God, you say that I'm this, but I can't really believe it. So how could that be true? And that's when it kind of says he that's the open door for him where he's like, oh, here, let me show you because this is who I am as God. This is how much I love you. This is how I created you. And so it kind of one leads into the other, no matter which side you approach it from. But there is an element of having to know who he is.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. And I I completely agree. And I think that that gets, you know, I hate to make generalizations, but I see a lot of the church moving away from scripture in an attempt to be more easily consumable. Mm -hmm. And I think we're doing ourselves such a huge disservice because it's not irrelevant. It's alive and so effective and impactful, and we're really missing out on getting to know our creator intimately when we just kind of pass it off, right?
1: Right. And if God had not wanted us to apply the Bible to our lives, if God had thought, oh, you know, by 2019, these words aren't really going to matter that much, it would have died out by now. Exactly because he's God, like period, the end. So it wouldn't even be a conversation we're having. So yes, we do need to be having these conversations. And scripture is important in the church. And you know, there's tons of ways people are looking to know themselves, to figure out who they are. And listen, I know you're an Enneagram girl, and I think that's great. Some people are into Myers-Briggs, and all these things are such great tools for knowing ourselves. But if we're learning all of that, without the foundation of who God is and who he says we are, we're missing the whole point.
0: The whole point. Uh-huh. No, I completely agree. And that's, I ta- I'm i pretty vocal about that. About Yes, you are. I love the Enneagram because it has been such a tool of self-awareness and for me to understand the way that God made me. Yes. Right. And that exactly. for so long, I thought were character flaws and that there was something deeply wrong with me and allowing God to use the Enneagram in my life to show me that there are strengths that I have viewed as weaknesses and weaknesses that I have viewed as strengths (laughs) and but I'm very vocal about this is a secondary tool this is not your identity the Enneagram doesn't put you in a box it helps you get out of the box you know so you know it all comes back to identity This week's episode is brought to you by the CSB She Reads Truth Bible. This Bible aims to live at the intersection of beauty, goodness, and truth. With almost 200 devotionals, 66 artists designed key verses, reading plans for every book of the Bible, and more, this Bible invites every woman to count themselves among the She Reads Truth community of women in the Word of God every day. You can learn more at csbbible.com or visit lifeway.com to order your copy today. Also, it's available in the very new, very cool CSB, He Reads Truth. How does what God says about us, who he says we are, it it should be pushing us to rest and trust? instead of achieving and striving, right? Yes, absolutely.
1: I think that, you know, when we're having this conversation about hustle or whether we're talking about what kind of personality you have, knowing that we are loved and created by him enables us to do our best work. So people that are so quick to kind of brush aside, oh, well, looking at scripture and who God is, isn't important. It's better for me to look at who I am and how I can achieve this because God says working hard is important. Yes, he does. But if we're doing all of that, if we're doing that hustle, if we're making it on our own, either it's going to crumble at some point or it won't crumble. And the sadder part than it crumbling is us getting to a point where you've had all the success you think you want, And you still don't know who God is, you still don't know who you are, and you've missed so many good blessings along the way. And that's why hustle will only get you so far. Listen, I am a striver. I'm an achiever. I'm a checklist lover forever and ever to the end. And God knows that about me. Mm -hmm. And even more than that, he loves that about me. Mm -hmm. Like you were saying, he created me this way. But While I'm tempted to hustle and to check off all the things, it's like he's there waiting for me. Like I can picture him kind of like standing against the wall, kind of with his hands, his arms gently crossed with a smirk on his face. Like, okay, I'll just wait here and you let me know when you're ready. And he's just waiting for me to come to him. And I didn't get it for the longest time. It took me so long and some days I still don't get it, honestly. And for me, there was a verse that turned it all around. And um, I don't know if you're familiar with the message version of the Bible. It was done by Eugene Peterson, and it's like super easy to read language. Um, I use it as a resource, not as my only um, scripture reference. Mm-hmm. But this mat- verse from Matthew in the message changed everything for me. It's Matthew 11:28 28 through 30. And it says, are you tired, worn out? Burned out on religion? Come to me, get away with me, and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill fitting on you. Keep company with me, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. And that's what turned it all around for me Mm -hmm. because it's so much simpler than the hustle. It's so much easier than, you know, the achieving mindset. It's really as simple as we need to rest. We need to receive his grace and we need to learn from him. That's it.
0: That's it. And I love that that one said, watch how I do it.
1: Yes. Isn't that good?
0: We, just because he is supernatural, here on earth he rested continually and consistently and he modeled it for his followers and for his audience and that's why it makes me so sad when you see people who know truth believing have you ever... there's a illustration that i've seen float around that says if you rest you rust that is the saddest
1: Yes. thing. It's so sad. It's so and it's, sad.
0: It's not biblical. It's no. the opposite of what scripture
1: teaches us.
0: I mean, ha- I'd love to make a list of all of the times that scripture references rest.
1: Yes, because it's a lot. And even things like people like, oh, well, we can talk about rest, or I take one day off a week, or, you know, people kind of put rest in a box. But Look at the way Jesus did things, in that, you know, if he had been walking with the crowd and the woman reached out her hand and touched one of his garment, and he hadn't taken time to turn around or would have had that documented healing, right? Mm-hmm. So how many times in our own lives are we so busy with the hustle that we're missing out on the most miraculous moments around us?
0: Rest is a heart position. Yes. it It really is it's a verb but it's also i don't even know what the correct grammatical definition would be but it is a form of existence yes for example one of my really good friends is pregnant with her fourth super busy her husband's a coach This is going to sound like I'm bragging, and I just genuinely don't mean it that way, but I just, I know that people know that I have a lot on my plate, and I know that people know that I am constantly doing a lot of things, and so I just want to be a source of, if I can do it, you can too, that I randomly this weekend felt like the Holy Spirit was like, check in on her. See if she needs anything. See if you can, like, serve her somehow. And so I texted her, and she's been... She had a horrible weekend. She was in a ton of pain. She's super uncomfortable. And Monday was my first day kidless. My oldest is in kindergarten. It was my my youngest first day of Mother's Day Out. And I went over there and I watched her kid while she ran errands and rested. And if I had been so wrapped up in my to-do list, which is extensive... I would have missed the opportunity to serve and bless one of my best
1: friends. Yes. I can almost picture people listening to this going, Yeah, that's all well and good, but we all still have stuff to get done. God tells us to do our work. Yeah, He does. But go back to that verse. What does He say? He sh- says, Rest, walk with me, work with me, and I'll show you how to do it. So if we do it in that order, that's the secret. That's the magic prescription we're all looking for to do this whole life thing and serve well and achieve the right things without getting burned out. Because we all know that risk is like looming like a cloud around us. Like, yeah, do all the things you can do it. You can be everything to everyone all the time. But you have this cloud chasing you like, but you're going to get burned out. Mm -hmm. And if we can look at the way he says to do it, we won't get burned out because we're taking rest on first we're looking to him first we're following his lead and accepting his grace and that's one thing that h- hustle culture has no space for is grace
0: none zero for yourself or for others
1: right right so i think the more that we can look to him in these things we're gonna feel so much more free when more accomplished. um about the right things too
0: yes and that's she my friend texted me back and said oh my gosh are you sure I know you have a ton on your plate and my response was like you're more important to me than my to-do list and the hustle can't fathom that no because at its worst You're stepping on people to get ahead. You're not bringing people with you. You're not serving others. You're just doing everything you need to do to get to whatever imagined top there is.
1: Yeah. And it's not that the top is a bad place. It's not that the things you're doing are bad things.
0: Nope.
1: But if it doesn't have the right foundation... And if it doesn't focus on serving first and if it doesn't make time and space for rest and for the people around you and to love others well, it doesn't match up at all with scripture.
0: Exactly. At all. Exactly. Or with what God says about you. Because Exactly. I mean, I think at this point I've shared my story of getting caught up in the hustle on the show. And I can look back at that person and while I was probably entering into a season of some kind of perceived success, I was missing out on so much goodness. I was missing out on really incredible friendships that were forming around me. I was missing out on resting or really like hearing God's voice because... It's a heart rest and hustle or a heart position.
1: Yes, for sure. And sometimes even when we are in that hustle mode and we're achieving something great, we don't realize there are even better things achievement wise that we could be missing out on that we just can't even imagine because it's beyond us. Mm -hmm. God sees it all. He's yesterday, today, and tomorrow. So he understands, hey, I see where you're going. I see what's coming for you. And I want you to have that. The only way for you to get there is if you follow this prescription, right? And yet we're so busy trying to follow our own, forge our own path, make our own way. And we miss out on some even better things than Mm -hmm. what we think success looks like.
0: I love that that we can miss out on even better because news alert we don't know what's best
1: exactly
0: (laughs) you think you do and the world tells you that you do but you don't no
1: god's the only one that does he is i don't care what speaker you're listening to i don't care who you're following on instagram i don't care whether it's about this podcast We, you and I, like, we don't know what's best. Nope. The other people we're listening to on Instagram don't know what's best. We can serve and offer up what we think God wants us to right now, but God's the only one who actually does. So it always has to point to him first. It's really the only way to avoid this whole hustle, this whole striving. It's the only way to get out of this, like, this current that, you know, you dip your toe in the water. And suddenly you're swept downstream 10 miles and you have no idea how you got there. The only way to avoid it is to be like that tree planted by streams of living water and to be deeply rooted in who he is. And then you don't have to worry about dipping your toe in the water because you're deeply rooted in him. And that's what's best for us.
0: Woo. Girl. Great. (laughs) Amen. Amen. Okay. Before we do rapid fire, is there anything else? that you wanted to say?
1: No, I think we covered good stuff. Okay. We scanned scanned (laughs) the notes. Did we cover
0: everything?
1: Yeah. I think we covered good stuff for sure.
0: Okay. So we talked in your gram a little bit, but we never revealed our types. What are you?
1: I don't know fully. So I've dipped my toe in the water here. Like this is one of those cases where I'm like, and every time I have I've come up with a different number. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so and I, feel like I have to not, dive in.
0: You do. Tests are not super reliable. The only way to really truly know your type is to learn about the whole spectrum.
1: Yeah. And yeah. I've heard you say that before. And every time I'm like, I'll just do this 10 minute test and see. So <laughs> I have a sense of who I actually am. And then I'm like, well, the last time I took it a week ago, wow, that long ago, and it told me I was a three. And then it told me I'm a one. I'm like, I have no idea. I don't know, so I feel like when I'm at a season when I can fully dive into yeah. this, then it's something that I can embrace and absolutely learn about the whole thing.
0: Absolutely. But for right
1: now, I know I am probably one of the numbers.
0: <laughs> I love that. Oh, that's so great! What is something that can always pull you out of a funk?
1: So there are three things: the ocean. My people, like my inner circle of people, and chocolate, and mm. they don't always go in that order necessarily. Mm-hmm. Um, but those are the three things, like no matter what I'm facing, it's the trifecta <laughs> yes, they will get me out of whatever funk, whatever awful momentary mood, whatever my kids throw at me, whatever the husband, yeah. thro- like they will get me out of that somehow. That. So that's awesome.
0: And what is the last thing you watched on TV?
1: So My husband and I have been watching Money Heist on Netflix. Have you heard of this one? No. So it is actually a Spanish Netflix show that Netflix has recently hired um, American actors to dub the voices and they have really done an excellent job. There was a write-up in the New York Times, I think, about it, um, about being really true to trying to make it match reactions and timing as well as possible. And it's doing a really great job. So this group of eight people are kind of brought together and they decide to try to rob the um, Spanish mint in Madrid. And they don't want to hurt anyone, but they want to be in there for 10 days so they can print new bills. And it's just a great look at characters and how flawed we all are and how the person that you think is terrible can have these and the person that you think is amazing has flaws that you're like, Oh, no, (laughs) I don't know if I like her anymore. Right. So I just love like a good character sketch that it shows like the full spectrum of who people are. And um, it's great for that.
0: That's awesome. Not good to watch with kids.
1: Yeah. Don't watch it with kids for sure.
0: Yeah. 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 (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Last thing is tell people where they can find, follow you, get your book, all that good stuff.
1: So uh, you can find me always at RebeccaHastings.net. And my book is on Amazon. I am on all the social media places. Uh, at, my handle is at my ink dance. So that's where you can find me. And I love connecting with people on Instagram, especially because it just seems like it's more fun. Yeah. And um, yeah, so I'm excited yeah. to and we will meet link- some of your
0: people. Yeah, we'll link to your Instagram in the show description, which is new for people. I know all you have to do is go to your uh, your podcast platform and click on the episode details and everything is going to be linked in there. Tell us about the stuff that you are providing for listeners. I'm so excited. Oh,
1: yes. I'm super excited about this. Um, I really wanted to help all of your listeners kind of have a first steps to this idea of letting go of the hustle and figuring out who God is. So I have two downloads free for you. One is a bookmark that you can just keep in your Bible or, um, keep handy. And it has the 20 scriptures that I go through in the book where they believe who God says you are. So that's yours. And then also a workbook, it's about 10 pages and it's about setting goals with God and how to still be an achiever, but to seek God first in that place. And it'll walk you through every step.
0: That's awesome. So excited about that. And like I said, that's going to also be linked in the show show description. Rebecca, thank you so much for taking your time to dive in on this somewhat unpopular opinion (laughs) about hustle culture and what God says about it and about us. This was such a great conversation. Thank you so much.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Confessions of a Crappy Christian podcast. Make sure you're subscribed to the podcast, and you can find the show notes and more information about the show at confessionsofacrappychristian.com. I'll see y'all next week.
1: A different future starts with you. That's why GoDaddy does more than help you find a name.